people are, you know, they're activists and they're all woke on social media until it comes to like actually cutting someone off. Hi everyone, and welcome to episode five of Ordraj Talks. So this month's podcast is going to be a little different. I'm sure you can tell from the title what the episode is going to be about. So we're going to go about our regular interviews like we do in every episode, but we wanted to start this out by having a candid conversation amongst ourselves as young Pakistani women witnessing this wave of patriarchal violence. During the second part of this episode, we will be talking about the domestic violence bill, mental health, social media movements, and more. That segment is in collaboration with fellow youth-led women empowerment initiative, Himmat. We hope this episode can serve as comfort for the women watching. So before we begin, we just wanted to issue a trigger warning. We'll be talking in great detail about uh, sexual violence, harassment, the ongoing femicides, patriarchal violence. So proceed with caution. Okay, so we've put together three relatively vague questions to get the conversation going. So the first question addressed to everyone here is, how have you been feeling in light of recent events? For me, these past two weeks have generally been very emotionally taxing, given that so many people were talking about extremely sensitive issues that unfortunately resonated with me and all the women around me. I felt enraged, way too overwhelmed, but also helpless at the same time. So I feel like this past week or couple of weeks have been like a weird cluster of different emotions. Like I'm angry, I'm scared, I'm emotionally drained, mentally drained. And I think like just witnessing all of this happen around us and feel like you can't do much to help is just an extremely frustrating feeling. And I think with, you know, the femicides and then the you know, social media movement that took place and seeing that so many women were struggling and what we see is just a glimpse of like the more privileged society that we're part of. So it, it's hard to think about what women that don't have that same privilege must be going through. Yeah, it's, for me, it's like very scary in the sense that like, as far as in our social circles or like on social media, we always see like months of like drought of no one talking about the fact that women have it horrible and then something will happen and you have a two or three week wave of like suddenly everyone calling out harassers or like talking about their experiences or talking about femicide and you know, like trying their best to hold people accountable and take steps towards making change. but because it's so concentrated into like the span of two or three weeks, you see so much triggering and scary content all at once that it's so like tiring and scary because all the people who are victims are exactly like us. As in you see pictures of them attending the Aurat March and holding up posters just like me and my friends. Or like, you know, the fact that a lot of the guys who have been called out, I've been in a room with them, you know, like I've spent time with them. I've like, you know, I know people who are friends with them. And so it's just like very scary and unsettling to think that despite all the precautions that we take on a daily basis as women, it still just isn't enough. I like that. But yeah. Yeah. And I think just to add on to what you said, like what happened was Noor Zahir Jaffer was a childhood friend of hers and he was the one to murder her. And I think that's just, that's so scary seeing that you know, these harassers, these awful people, they're all around us. And I think it's just, it's horrifying seeing all of it happen. 
everything has generally been so unpredictable in retrospect you don't even know what goes on behind closed doors and you can't even be certain about who to trust or who to be around it's scary how we have so many propagators harassers themselves and enablers around us even in our close knit circles I think one of the main struggles and why this particular movement was tough on me was because I also came out about a really traumatizing experience of mine and I think seeing the pushback of all of that and like you know people invalidating your experience your abuser's friends continuously defending him was just so so difficult and when I before when this movement to first happened I think about a year ago uh I obviously sympathize with what the victims were going through but now it's like it's full empathy i understand how difficult it is to come out about your experience even if you haven't come out just struggling with you know internalizing your trauma and you know coming to terms with it is just it's so hard and i think that's what made this movement particularly draining for me yeah so i think i've been like really angry and it's come to the point where i don't have any more words like i've said stuff and i've said it again and again and i feel like it has no effect on anyone whatsoever it's just like this overwhelming sense of helplessness that i think everyone can relate to but there's also this thing that everyone's coming out with like their harassers and assaulters and i don't know but it just makes me feel less alone Yeah, I I definitely agree with that. While it's hard to see women suffer that you aren't alone in what you're dealing with while it is heartbreaking. Yeah, it's heartbreaking to see that so many people have similar experiences or experiences that like are cathartic for you. Like it's horrible that like literally every girl I know has struggled with either harassment or being invalidated because she's a woman or being like disallowed the same privileges as her like brothers or like you know whatever like the fact that we see it on such a regular basis it's horrible but at the same time it like it shows how it happens to everybody like how everybody is dealing with it and that almost makes it worse <laughs> but it's like comforting in a weird way yeah and i think what i find so frustrating too is that like what Zara talked about these 2-3 week waves of you know calling people out on social media these awareness posts and then at the same time you feel like no progress is being made because you see it happen over and over again yeah like i don't know how many times i have to see the same guy be called out like in these waves only to a great university or like friends defend him or like you know have absolutely no accountability because during these like waves of like a lot of triggering content most people are off social media in the sense that most of my female friends have logged off or have like deleted in instagram because it's so difficult for them to like witness it happening so and then the these sadder- people get to leave accountability sorry dinya go for it go for it and the sadder part is that you see most of these people uh calling out their friends or calling out other abusers just to save face they're going to be with the same people behind closed doors they're not going to disassociate from them and they're just going to do it because they don't want to be canceled and i think that directly leads into the next question i was going to ask which is what are you frustrated about currently and i think that's a long list for all three of you 
and like the sad thing is that we have we have it like the best out like comparatively to women or like the women in Pakistan like you know we are in the most liberal social circles we are from families that have allowed us to have an education or to you know like wear what we want or go where we want you know like so many freedoms that are huge like that give us so much power in comparison to the majority of women around us I think just sorry 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 the fact that we have our phones and that we're able to come out about these experiences and even if you know our users don't face any accountability in the end at least we still get to have that experience of talking about it and you know allowing people to know whereas a lot of women in Pakistan don't even have access to a phone so the thing I was gonna oh sorry yeah <laughs> the thing I was gonna say really quickly was just that like the part that I find really, really frustrating is the fact that it's women who go through everything and who like are dealing with the femicide and who have to like go through that emotional struggle, but then who also have to like simultaneously educate people who refuse to educate themselves, who refuse to dissociate from harassers. Like you're the one who's terrified for your life, for your friends' lives, for like, and you're mourning the like hundreds of women who like, you know, pass as just like hashtags and simultaneously you have to be the person to educate men and like to help them figure their, you know, themselves out and the situation out and defend feminism when literally it's a matter of like your human rights. Yeah, okay. What infuriates me the most is the audacity. The audacity people have to pick and choose who to support at their own convenience. The audacity they have to invalidate people's experiences at their own discretion and generally how so many abusers have that you hurt me by telling you about all the ways that I hurt you by mentality. That's something that infuriates me the most, especially at times like these. I think what I found most frustrating is that I still see people somehow, you know, spinning what's happening to somehow pin the blame on women. Like, how is the lesson that we're extrapolating from everything that's happening? Keep your daughters at home. Like, how is that what we're learning here? Like, I feel like we really need to start holding men accountable. Like when I came out about my experience, I was looking through the comments like obsessively and I saw this one person write like, why do you trust men to begin with? And it's like, what? Wait, shouldn't we be holding men accountable for violating that trust to begin with? Like how, I feel like men are getting more and more creative with somehow spinning the story and putting the blame on women. And this may be an unpopular opinion. I'm so sorry, Aisham, just one quick thing. I feel like it's also Desi households who sort of propagate this narrative and it's frustrating. I think what I'm frustrated about is how like people are, you know, they're activists and they're all woke on social media until it comes to like actually cutting someone off. Like, they're only like doing it to seem like good people it's so performative like all of it like they'll pretend to be good people and when the time comes that you actually have to be a good person and cut someone off and you know speak against a friend no words or like nothing people actually post their apologies or something and like building on this idea of performatism i think that because you have so many waves of feminism and like how being a woke guy is something that is seen as like something that you should aspire to be at least in our circles so many guys have learned to just regurgitate 
everything that women are saying, even if they don't believe in it. So they'll know the right, you know, terminology to use. They'll know what to say and like, you know, how to infiltrate feminist groups or like to show up at marches and seem like allies. And then I know for a fact that so many of these guys who have learned these things or like, you know, who put on this like outward face of being woke and who like repost the stories and talk about harassment and, you know, like that kind of thing. I know for a fact that like, because I, I've heard my friends' accounts of these same guys who are then going and harassing women or who are then going and like making assault jokes or, you know, like just really horrible things. But because it's so common for women to like speak about feminism and it should be, so many guys have learned to pick up the phrases that we use and just regurgitate them even though they have no meaning to them in their own minds and they don't apply it in their own lives. Yeah, and I think that, wait, I lost my train of thought, wait. Um, oh, I think that like, even, you know, men that understand feminism or try to understand it, even that, the fact that it's the bare minimum is so hard to find in of itself. And so anytime you do see, you know, a man being supportive, and I feel like that's just something that the patriarchy has instilled in us, you can't help but be appreciative of it. And I think like, you know, men thinking that, you know, not assaulting women or not harassing women and thinking that they're, you know, a decent person because of that is just, it really makes me question, like, what is the standard here? I feel like this has just generally been a very deep-rooted issue since ages. Um, yeah. It's just been there. I don't even know how the bar was set that low. I feel like that as soon as we stepped into this social circle, social circle has just been there. And also the fact that like, even though we try and like communicate right now, how it feels and like how upsetting it is and how frustrating it is, like words really don't do justice to how scared you are every time you leave your house or like, I have a lot of friends who take the cream home or like, you know, who Uber home because they don't have the availability of a car and how frightening it is for them and how frightening it is for you and how, you know, you like keep refreshing your phone to make sure that they've gotten home safe or how you pick and choose your clothes before you go out, depending on who, if you're going to be interacting with guys or not. Like there's so many little things that you have to pay so much attention to that build up so much. Like my friends not being able to show like the tiniest bit of skin in front of their even their own family like being as a woman being safe in your own home is a privilege and that's insane like the fact that we have so much to think about just by virtue of gender is insane and it's not something that I think that we could articulate or do justice to in like the 15-20 minutes that we're talking right now um, and like these waves of activism people can you know, preach holding men accountable, holding harassers accountable. But if that's not followed by your actions, then then it's meaningless. Like people, you know, talking about disassociating with harassers and then not doing that when their friend is called out. It, it just, it it's an insult to the entire movement. It just feels so invalidating. Um, so the next question and the final question is, what do you wish could change? Again, another long list. Um, like I said before, I don't really think that words do justice in, in the sense that, you know, the entire system needs to change. It's not just, you know, what you want. It's, you know, I want to be able to not 
constantly be scared of, you know, men <laughs> of society, of the repercussions of wearing a shawar where you can see my body, or I mean, wearing a shawar kameez where you can see my body, or like not being terrified of being around men, or like, you know, not being terrified to be a feminist or to be vocal about it, or, you know, like there's so many little things that play such a huge role and they really shouldn't in the sense that I shouldn't be scared in asking for my rights. I shouldn't be scared when I go to an Aurat March. Girls shouldn't be stopped from going to the Aurat March because again, it's a privilege to be able to show up to that. So many girls who are feminists can't. So like just the entire system, it's very hard to like pinpoint one thing because the entire system is so deeply flawed. And yeah. Adding on to what Zaya said, I feel like that what's missing here is like, you know, how that saying goes, check yourself before you wreck yourself. It's people who don't check themselves. And if they're not going to acknowledge the things they do with or without being called out, there's no change will take place. And this includes both women and men. And like generally as well, again, like what Zara said, that it's deeply flawed and you can't possibly point one thing out because like the whole system in itself, it's just a mess. I wish that like, I mean, obviously I agree with what you guys have said and we need systemic reform to really truly feel safe as women. But I also think the whole idea of accountability and how we really need to stop you know, these things from happening before they get to the extreme stage of women being murdered. Like we need to start, you know, seeing those red flags and holding men accountable before it can even get to that stage. Like, you know, things like objectification, you know, degrading women, you know, manipulation, gaslighting, coercion, all of that can lead to, you know, eventually femicides. And so, I feel like this whole idea of accountability, we need to try and stop these things before it can get to those extreme stages. What I wish would change would basically be like, we're doing so much stuff on social media. Like a lot of people have awareness. I wish this awareness would lead somewhere, you know, like that you could see some changes in our like justice system because there's no point in telling people that this is wrong. You shouldn't be doing this when there's still laws that don't do anything for women. And yeah, building, I'm sorry, Rania. No, no, you can go. Building on what Rania said about, you know, like having accountability and like also kind of what Aisham said about having accountability actually means something. Like, like I said before, it really sucks that it has to be women who like are not only victim to it, but then also have to like explain why it's wrong that we're victim to it. But like it, the accountability also just really has to come from men inside their circles because like the amount of guys I know who are friends with harassers who are, who like enable it who make jokes or who make comments or who are very misogynistic and how they treat their girlfriends even or how they treat their female friends and like there's so much wrong with like even in the most like liberal classes like I to an extent like I understand it when guys who have abs- who don't have education, who don't have liberal families, who don't come from liberal circles are unaware about things. But when you have every avenue available to you to know about what, why what you're doing is wrong, when you have so many movements going around you constantly, when you have 
accessibility when it comes to thing when it comes to knowing about feminism and seeing all of these things come out on social media and you still choose not to do anything about it and you still choose not to hold your friends accountable as a guy or as a girl i think that that is so like stupid of you like how how can you allow these things to happen to the girls around you to the girls that like you know it it's just insane to me and i think that accountability has to come from like both guys and girls and especially from men in their like boys group chats and how their about how their guy friends talk about their girlfriends how you know like all of these things there's so many small micro aggressions and things that take place against women that go completely unchecked and it's because that they go unchecked that guys think that it's perfectly acceptable to behave in that way and then that leads to them feeling like it's perfectly acceptable to then assault a woman or to harass her or to do something of to her in front of their friends because their friends refuse to stop them and like that's a terrifying thought to me as a girl adding on to what zara said i also feel like how how men who do the bare minimum are applauded i feel like that just reinforces the bare minimum that's already been set so like instead of applauding them for doing the bare minimum if they're doing the bare minimum we're still supposed to encourage them to do better and i just feel like instead of you know appreciating them for whatever minimum they have done we should encourage them to do more because we're not supposed to reinforce the low standard that's already there i feel like yeah just to reiterate what zara said the whole question of like why does it have to be us you know why do we constantly have to be fighting it should be you know something that men are fighting for too in in terms of calling out these red flags within their friend groups and holding their friends accountable like it's just a matter of you know explaining to them why what they're saying is wrong it's not like we're asking for them to change the entire system single handedly like it's just these small little changes in their behavior that we're asking for and yet it still seems like that is so difficult for them to do like with zahir jafri is my privileged family there were tons of red flags leading up to when he murdered noor like I'm pretty sure he was kicked out of the UK for sexual assault, and yet nothing was done. There's no ability whatsoever, and so it's the system and it's it's the society that allowed that's allowing these women to be murdered in cold blood. Also, just like I feel like a large part of being an ally to women is understanding as a man how much privilege you have just by virtue of being a man, in the sense that like there's a lot of backlash against like phrases. like all men are trash or you know like that kind of thing like there's so much opposition from men about it and i think that the confusion there lies in the idea that like oh i'm a great guy like i treat my girl, like my female friends incredibly why am i trash in that in in like in that case but i think the confusion is or like what's lost in translation is that because you are a man you benefit so much from your society and you have so many privileges that the women around you don't have you know like even in my amongst my male friends when they can go out for a walk at 10 p.m. or you know they can go meet their friends like at a coca on the side of the street or you know they can stay out late they can wear what they want like they have so many freedoms and just by virtue of the fact that they benefit off a system that is oppressive to women is what you know is the source of anger for women and like just acknowledging your privilege when you are around women and acknowledging like how lucky you are and therefore how it's sort of a responsibility to then ensure that you use that privilege for something beneficial because no woman around you has that granted to them yeah and i feel like it's so absurd to the fact that i feel like men 
are more infuriated by the all men generalizations being made instead of the actual patriarchal violence that is leading us to say these things to begin with. Like, it, it's absurd to me. But also the fact that it isn't even wrong. Like, it is all, like, it literally is all men. Like, I have not had a single friend who hasn't dealt with harassment in some form of the other. You know, like some, for some it has been more extreme, for others it has been less, but it's been harassment nonetheless. The fact that you you will never feel safe in a room full of guys, whereas a guy will feel perfectly safe walking into a room full of men. It literally is all men. It's the reason why, you know, like our parents don't trust us to be around guys because they don't trust guys. It's the reason that, you know, like, like the whole notion, actually, no, this is a bit off topic, but like, you know, just, it literally is all men though. <laughs> Yeah, and that's literally the reason why, like what Zara said, even our fathers, like if you have an older brother, why they don't want us being along with men because they themselves don't trust men. I feel like what men don't understand about that term, all men, is that we as women cannot afford to trust any man. So for us, it is all men. It's either like we trust them and we end up as a hashtag, you know, I don't get why it's so hard for them to understand this. Yeah. Like the amount of fear that like every woman I know has in like the smallest, most like mundane aspects of her life, whether it's like going to Jalal Sons to pick up food and like being scared that someone's gonna like touch her. Or the fact that like I was having a conversation with a friend of mine the other day and she was like, you know, I've thought about every scenario and how like any situation that I'm in could go wrong for me and what I would do in those situations. And like, when I think about it, yeah, I do the same. Like if I'm in a car and the driver takes a wrong turn, I'm suddenly on like high alert that, okay, where is he going? What am I going to do? Do I have my parents? Like, do I have data on my phone? Can I call my parents? Like so many things that are just not on the radar in guys' minds. And like, I saw this tweet, like, you know, on Instagram (laughs) as usual, which is that you know, women leave the house with an entirely different set of rules and an entirely different set of things on their mind in comparison to guys. So you, you as a guy will be wondering, oh, like, you know, I can't be late. I'm meeting my friends at XYZ place. When I leave the house, it's very much like, okay, how do I get there safely? Like, will my friends be able to leave there safely? What am I wearing? Will it like be likely that someone will choose to violate my space because of what I'm wearing? Like all of these things that they will just never have to think about. Is everyone done? Okay, so I feel like that concludes our very candid rant. And uh, now we're going to be moving on to our interview. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the interview portion of our episode. My name is Xenia. And my name is Zara. My name is Amel. My name is Isa. My name is Alina. My name is Mariam. My name is Aisham. And today we have with us Miss Laleen Sakara. We're hosting this portion of this episode in collaboration with Himmat PK. So would you guys like to introduce your organization? Yes, so Himmat is basically a youth-led initiative which aims to empower and equip those women, especially affected by domestic violence, with the knowledge and skills they need to fight back. And we basically do this by giving survivors of domestic violence classes on self-defense techniques and integrating them back into society through vocational training and helping them find jobs. We also seek to prevent future violence by educating the community and helping them by defending questions about violence 
training workshop which focus on raising awareness amongst men and for those of you who may not know arthraj is a youth led initiative dedicated to women empowerment through media awareness and activism we have a bunch of mini projects under our larger initiative this podcast series is one of them where we engage in meaningful conversations with pakistani women we also have a feminist book club and a newsletter right now in collaboration with sexed pk we're developing a handbook for young girls on health puberty and their bodies we're honored to be joined with miss laleen But before we jump into the questions, Ms. Laleen, would you like to introduce yourself? Absolutely, and thank you so much um, for inviting me here. And I'm so excited to learn more about your valuable work. I hope listeners will um, will share all the uh, your usernames, your tag, tag you, and um, look you up because you're doing really interesting, relevant work. Uh, I am a I am an international communications professional based in Lahore, Pakistan, and um, I'm also a writer and a critic. All right. Thank you so much for being here with us today. Uh, Zaya, would you like to start us off? Uh, sure. So the first question I have for you is in regards to like what we our podcast prior to this was discussing feminism and there's a lot of misconceptions that surround feminism for example it being anti-man or a crazed western ideology that's sort of infiltrating um how would you in your opinion and your views debunk these misconceptions for the people who are watching um well first of all uh, feminism is not a western concept it's global it's local and it's very much a growing concern in the global south um the definition itself is often misconstrued um especially in our country um they equate feminism with man haters and that is not the case as we all know um it's just basic equality and basic dignity and it actually includes men as well because toxic masculinity damages men um damages young men and damages men throughout their lives um what i'd like to say is um something like domestic violence for example um uh, exists in every society all over the world it has no geographic location it has no socioeconomic level um but uh the fact that um we are experiencing femicide here in pakistan like it's it's reached epidemic proportions because our response to it is problematic and because as a country we are not so far equipped to deal with it and we are not providing an adequate response which is why as a gender we are ranked among the lowest in the world um in addition i would like to say that um it's very easy for people who claim to be religious scholars to misquote religious text and pretend and try to um try to justify things like domestic violence and assault and if you you know if we educate students for example in an adequate way we would find that that is not the case um so yes uh ignorance i think is probably the most harmful um it's the most harmful thing here and that is what leads to misconceptions about feminism all right thank you so much uh the next question is 
um, as most of you may know, an Orat March in Faisalabad that revolved around the ongoing femicide and protested against the brutal murders of women all over the country in the name of isolated incidents was to be held but was cancelled under pressure from administration. This is just one of the many instances of backlash and opposition, the ideology of the march and the movement itself and its organizers face. How was it dealt with and how can it be reduced? You know, it's really good that you brought this up. Um, I have actually found the defacing of the mural so metaphorical because, you know, um, you're all a lot younger than me, but growing up, uh, even, even in the 90s, I remember there would always be billboards around town and it would be like a basic lawn ad and there would be black spray paint on the model's face. This is something that's part of our toxic culture. Um, and the fact that Arit March was banned in Faslabad, by Faslabad's police and, you know, the, the mural was defaced in Sialkot, right? Um, it just illustrates how brutal the patriarchy and how heartless it is in this country. Um, you know, as mentioned before, femicide is a national emergency and we all know and acknowledge that these are not isolated incidents. Um, assault on women is mostly reduced to callous statistics in this country. Um, a very few make it on social, as social media hashtags. Um, the truly brutal ones among our privileged class get the most attention. The rest are ignored. Uh, human, human lives seem to have very little or no value in this country. And honestly, it's heartbreaking and it can be really demoralizing. But as citizens, we have no choice but to keep our voices loud and clear. It feels now that if we choose to keep silent, we are choosing to enable this to continue. This is our country too. This is a country of the youth and this is country for women. This is not just a country for older men. Um, we are actually the majority. If we join forces, we are the vast majority of this country. We really outnumber them. And I think it's time we made our presence felt. We cannot just continue to live in ignorant bubbles. Thank you so much for that. Um, whether it be laws, law implementation, or actual court proceedings, what facets of Pakistan's justice system do you feel need serious improvement in order to make the country safer? For oh, people? gosh. Yeah, I mean, it's like, where do you begin, right? Well, for one thing, the fact that the government uh, sent our domestic violence prevention and protection bill to an all-male regressive clergy for feedback, that's just rattling. How are these men that represent an institution rife with pedophilia going to support anything to do with basic human rights? I mean, we need swifter justice. We need more inclusive laws. We need better trained police. Um, you know, if we could clone Amna Beg, for example, I'm sure you, you know of her. Um, I'm, you know, I, I'm a fangirl. Um, if we could clone her in every village and every city in the country, I, I think we would get some improvement, for example. Uh, that kind of ideology, that kind of training. Um, courts are a nightmare. I've been through the court system myself as a woman of privilege, and I can tell you it is enough to, it is enough to just crush your soul. It was the worst few years of my life. Um, in this country, men who have murdered their wives get out on bail. Um, families send back their married daughters to abusive husbands who home and until their coffins are carried out. Uh, men who stab women are out in a couple of years. Um, others play blood money and they get off, you know, they get off um, they don't, for their crimes. This needs to end, the blood money practice needs to end. 
we don't really see justice. At most, we see social media fueled selective justice on a few prominent cases, and that's it. And then we have this bloodthirsty population that demands public hangings. And I am referring to our educated sector as well. Um, it is just obsessed with public hangings rather than examining the root cause of rape culture, which I think is dangerous and not helpful because what it can do is, among many things, is encourage rapists to murder their victims so they don't get caught. Um, I think there's so much we need to change here. In terms of the waves of Me Too movements on social media and the excessive performative activism, will there ever be proper change through social media helping in calling out harassers? Yeah, I wish I knew the answer to that. You know, it feels like those of us who are active on social media have now become social justice crusaders in a way. Um, if we don't express outrage on a regular basis, nothing seems to happen. Uh, people just don't seem to do their jobs, whether they're political representatives or in the police. Social media itself, um, it's a double-edged sword, but it's actually lent a voice to many people who don't have a voice. Um, every day there's women and girls and even some young boys calling out predators, anonymously even. And I see a wave of change. Like I can feel a wave of change. There are people my age, we didn't have social media growing up. and. It's very different now, you know, um, you can actually, you know, if you have the courage to talk about something you've been through, whether it's in the past or the present, you can actually do so. And you can actually find a support network, but at the same time, you will face victim blaming. Um, it's very, very difficult. It, it is a very difficult position to be in. Um, my generation and those younger than me are really tired of staying silent. I think the rest of us are just really sick of the hypocrisy and we wanna live more authentic lives. And we don't feel shame in being honest because there are so many of us being honest, there is no shame. And um, yeah, I feel like change is here to stay. It's imminent and more is yet to come. And we're setting precedents every day. Thank you. So I'll just be uh, asking you a question related to the mental health aspect of this movement. So, you know, seeing a new story on Instagram every day about someone being raped or someone being harassed or someone being mercilessly just killed is very extremely, it's extremely mentally draining for us just to like keep on viewing the stories and just seeing what's going on and not really have like a viable solution. So my question to you is, what do you suggest we do to just cope with this mental trauma that's just going on? I know, you know, even I, I spent two weeks extremely triggered and overwhelmed and I couldn't even get myself off social media. It's like, it's like an, I had to be part of it. I had to know what was happening. But at the same time, you start um, reliving things yourself that you've been through even so many years ago. And it is, it, yes, it can be tremendously triggering. What's important is um, when you get overwhelmed, just switch off because, you know, we are private citizens and students, you know, um, we actually don't owe anyone an answer or an explanation. So if you're, say, if you're active on social media, or you're getting trolled, people are asking you questions, you know, there's always gonna be these mansplainers around who just attack you. It's, you've just, just, just switch off. If you get overwhelmed, just switch off. You don't owe anyone anything, 
yeah? Your mental health will come first. And remember, you can't help anyone else if you can't help yourself. It's like when you're in an airplane and they give you an oxygen mask and they're like, no, before you put it on your baby, you have to put it on yourself. Like you can't help someone else if you're not, if you're not there. So, you know, join support groups, take breaks, um, get help from licensed counselors if, if needed, tell your loved ones, don't hold it in, have honest conversations. If you're employed, tell your employers, I need time. I need time for, a, you know, my mental health. And because of the pandemic, this has become mainstream and people are far more understanding now. Um, so my question regarding the aspect of ongoing So how can men be better allies in the feminist movement, especially now? You know, they could start by saying, stop saying not all men, because we're really tired of not all men. I mean, seriously, this is like when we have one Women's Day a year and they try to make it about themselves. Seriously, guys, we already know you have it easier. Can you just take a backseat for once in your lives? Just stand by us. Just understand, you know, and stop asking pesky questions. Just listen. Just listen. Just support educate yourselves and check each other. You know, you guys should also be um, checking on each other, other men and other boys and being, and calling out bad behavior, calling out rape culture, calling out, you know, the bro jokes and that kind of thing, like crude and crass behavior that ultimately hurts everyone. I mean, that's really how, how men can help and step into our shoes just because you haven't experienced it doesn't mean it doesn't exist. Um, and you know, I've noticed a change. I've noticed men actually apologizing for things and thinking twice before they say things and deleting things and saying, you know what, we're sorry, we didn't realize this. And I already see an improvement. It shouldn't take a man, you know, I mean, it's not like a man shouldn't be like abusive all his life. And then suddenly he grows up and has a daughter and realizes, oh, I shouldn't be that guy anymore because I don't want her to go for that guy. You know, it shouldn't take that long for you to realize this. Just raise your sons right, raise each other right. You know, you have friends, brothers, colleagues, educate them, reach out. Um, yeah. And so our last question for today is, do you think that it's possible to shift the mindset of the people in Pakistan around patriarchal violence and feminism? And related to that, do you think that real change can be brought about? You know, there's always hope. We should always have hope no matter how bleak it looks. Um, it does feel like we increasingly need a concerted awareness workshops that don't bring religion into it um, because it gets misinterpreted to suit uh, perpetrators of domestic violence and child abuse and so forth. So consent, for example, and harassment, this needs to be explained at schools and colleges, um, public service, public awareness videos and regional languages, you know, the government needs to take a stand. Um, dialogue, dignity and respect will diminish um, rape culture, victim blaming, blaming and enableism, I feel. Um, and there are some resources out there. You guys have mentioned some great resources, you know, people who are listening, you know, if this is on Twitter, for example, they'll be on a thread, I will be sure to post it myself. Um, and you know, the I know that the Fem Society at Lums had mentioned free curriculum for primary schools available. I mean, there are resources, you just have to make an effort. 
um, if you want to see your country, if you want your country to stop bleeding, this is the way to do it. Um, and also uh, just a word for our influential boomers in power. I mean, they need to be educated as well. Um, I'm just so embarrassed of them. I mean, they're spreading misinformation. They're speaking out of context. Um, I have just had it with some of their outdated opinions being quoted as facts. I mean, I think we need to educate them too. Whether they're willing is another question, but I think, you know, as I said before, um, with the women and the youth of this country, we outnumber all the misogynists. Thank you so much. Um, that's going to conclude our podcast. And again, thank you so much for um, sparing time for us and sparing time for this podcast. It was very insightful. And thank you for your presence, Ms. Lali. Oh, a pleasure. I'm so glad to have met all of you. And I'm so proud of everything you're doing. It makes me really happy. Like, honestly, I'm so impressed. Thank you.